This is How Was Your Weekend with Wendy and Brian. Look for updates at facebook.com slash weekendpodcast or h-o-w-w dot a-s slash weekend. While you're there, please subscribe. There are links for iTunes, Android, and more. Hey, Brian. Hey, Wendy. How's it going? Good. How was your week? My weekend is pretty good. <laughs> good, good. This almost sounds like the way that we start off the, one of the other podcasts I do, which is RPG Lessons Learned. I know. So you don't talk about that one much. No, it's uh, actually hosted by my friend Dusty, who happens to be here right now. Woohoo! Hey, Dusty. Hello. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Wendy, Brian, good to see you. Today, we're going to be talking about um, time management. And, yeah, you know, or lack thereof. It's kind of funny. Uh, you texted me this week, like, hey, what are we going to talk about? And I, people may think that we have, like, this elaborate system where we actually figure out what our topics are, but it's usually just whatever we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm thinking about time management. And, and part uh, of that is because we don't have time to pre-plan much. <laughs> this is true. And uh, I was uh, talking to Dusty earlier in, in our podcast. We try to apply business rules and conventions to the games that we play. And a lot of the stuff that we talk about are constraints. And time is, you, you know, time, co- time uh, money and scope are uh the big ones and time is the one that i have i'm really facing the barrel down right now um and uh yeah i thought it would be a good topic so and so dusty, what is it what is it about time as of the recent that has made it more challenging than usual so like this podcasting stuff i i, I i've expanded what i do i've since moving a year ago i i uh do way more of it. I dedicate more space to it. Um, and it's, it's, while it was a part of what I did, it was a, it's a bigger part now. And I think after, I thought after earlier this year with some stuff restructuring, I I really thought about, uh, restructuring at work. I really thought about like long term, you know, what would I like to do or how would I like to, um, potentially what career would I like to follow in the future? And I, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be like an astrophysicist and I'm like, you know, that's, not manageable now and it's not really a good living really um so who says <laughs> yeah i know but and obviously i mean at this point I, I don't have the education wouldn't be worth the time but for like the last 10 years i i my the thing that i would always pull out that i wanted to do if i had unlimited resources i would love to operate a radio station yeah, I you've said that multiple times. Yeah, I love I mean there are things I didn't like about working in radio, but there are a lot of things I loved about it. And I did it for 16 years, it was my first job. And but programming it, the the uh the business behind it, the theories on, you know, how to engage with an audience and everything. I love doing it. So I've invested a lot of time in the podcasting stuff over the last several months and um it's eaten up a lot of time, but now I'm on a special project at work. Where I have about three hours I'm spending on the road every day, um, Monday through Friday, and it's really eating into my time. And I just I'm starting to feel really stretched. So I thought it would be good to talk about to maybe think through ways that we can better manage our time and maybe strategies that we can apply to it. There we go. I love that idea. I love that idea. So Dusty, how are you feeling about your time management lately? Or are you a pro at it? And I'm not a pro. It, it's hard. Um, and for me, what's making it hard, what's making it hard right now is, uh, we made the decision about six months ago for my wife to start staying home from work for, for her to, um, stay home with, with our daughter while our daughter starts school. And then even now that she's in school to, to stay home with her. So what's different for me is before we were on the same page as far as 
getting up, packing her daughter off to daycare, getting into work, working a full day, coming home. And we were in that kind of rat race together. And now that she is not and she has more time, it really highlights the leisure time that I spend away from her. So now I spend all day at work away from her. And then if I come home and I want to, you know, go out with the guys, it's adding insult to injury to us not being together. And, and we, we were both eyes wide open. We knew that would be a time constraint that we were introducing before she started staying home. Mm-hmm. So we were able to have these intellectual conversations about how are we feeling and why and what can we do differently. But for me, that's it. it it's how much time, you know, family versus work versus pursuing interests. It, well, it, that's, it, it, that's be, the thing that you have yeah. that Brian and I don't even have to battle. And I always tell people that, too. It's like, hey, I don't even have kids. And well, I feel like I have no time. I mean, or I do, a spouse. <laughs> I do have to. I mean, I have to be very cognizant of the amount of time that I spend doing this versus the time I spend with Kim. Yeah. Because Kim almost she said before that she's a podcast widow and she feels that I don't spend enough time with her. And she is absolutely right. And it's sometimes it's awkward. And sometimes like I'll, I'll, the podcast will come up in conversation with somebody else who and Kim happens to be around and she will not want to speak about it because there are times that she, you know, re- and sometimes resents it. And other yeah. times she is very much into it and she wants to participate and she wants to add to it. So she has kind of a love hate relationship with it. But yeah. well, I, I, and it's but it's good that you just like Dusty and Susan, right? Like very aware can talk about it and then but you got to make the trade-offs. <laughs> That's a hard thing sometimes. And I do a bad job of it. And sometimes I try to make up with it with like material stuff. Like I'll I'll say hey Kim, I'll I'll just buy her something just to, you know, hope not pacify is not the right word. Um, but just try to, to fill the gap if, Hey, you know, I know I've sucked lately. Hey, here's this, this thing I think go like recently it was just, a, it was a book that I knew that she wanted. I bought it for her and she read it on the way to Indianapolis and she loved it. And now she's going to hand it off to me to read. And I'm like, God, I don't have time to read this book. <laughs> but yet she, then you could share a deeper conversation about it if you do. Yeah. So I, my thing for time management is I, Actually, well, now that I've been second weekend in a row in Nashville is I have time on the weekends, at least during the week, just because I'm a weirdo workaholic. Um, Most of my time I'm working. But, you know, like even on the weekends, I'm like, okay, now I have time to have a weekend. And I haven't had a like true weekend in so long because of the pet sitting. I'm like, what do I do? Like, what, what is my plan? I could do whatever I want to. And I, I'm just like, eh, I don't, I don't want to have a plan. <laughs> I liked when there was something pre-planned for me. So I think my time management is filling my time with something new and different or whatever and getting used to that versus like you where I had went from working 60 or whatever hours a week at my normal job and then plugging all my other free time into pet care and stuff on the weekends. And so that was my routine. And now I need to fall into a new routine, I think, for time management to become more successful than it has been for me. So um, that's my sad little weak excuse for poor time management right now. So the statement I made that got me invited by Brian onto the show today. So we finished recording RPG Lessons Learned, and we were sitting in a restaurant having lunch, and he told me he was going to go record this. I invited you before we left for lunch. Fair enough. But but what got me, (laughs) what cemented the invite, I guess. Uh, Brian told me the topic and I said, well, one thing you need to make sure you talk about, Brian, is that all time management flows from clear understanding of goals. 
Yes. Like you can't manage time if you don't have your goals clearly written down. And, and one of the themes of RPG Lessons Learned, not to plug that, but one of the themes of, of that is we spend so much time in our professional lives really formalizing things like time management and leadership and relationships. And then we come home and we don't bring the discipline home and, and maybe it would really help. Like, have you ever wondered in, in my personal life, what are my goals? In professional life, they're handed to you or you figure them out for, for the benefit of the company. Mm-hmm. And it's almost easier because it's like this third party removed thing. You can come up with goals, but like devoting your personal life to goals, that's a, that's a commitment, but would our lives be better and more focused if we did that. I so you hit on a really awesome thing. Like, man, you two are like segueing kings. I doing my normal little dorky thing, being like, oh, try to have something to talk about about this topic and look stuff up just randomly to see what either really insightful or really insane stuff pops up when you just type in time management or better time management or whatever. Um I pulled up this thing and it's like, you know, tips on everybody's got tips on time management. But the one thing that came up and it kind of goes to what you're saying, Dusty, is plan everything, meaning have a plan, have a goal, plan your time around it. You know, whether it's but like you said, in in business and work, those are required and just part of the environment of having a job and doing something on behalf of the company. But when it comes to you personally, I've had friends make fun of me in the past that I like to plan everything. Like if I, if we're going to go, if I actually make a commitment to go do something, I always am like, okay, well, if we're going to go do this, we should do this, this and this, like, and everything is a plan. I'm like, not really go with the flow, but at least I know where I'm headed and I can manage my time to that. So I think that's a really excellent point that you bring up because if you plan everything to an extent or you plan things to work towards something, you're probably going to become highly efficient. But you and can't how plan, you use your time. But you can't plan until you know what those goals are. That's is, exactly right. Is this a, so when you say this, when you say the goals, are you talking like strategically, I have these goals and I'm going after spend more time with the wife and kid, uh, plan more, uh, has, spend, uh, have a goal for what I want to achieve, whatever, what my hobbies are. I want to, I want to be able to say that I can. So Wendy, in your case, you were doing the marathon, the half marathon. Yeah. You had that. Are you saying balance like, those things and try to figure out how to bucket your time to that. So I'll challenge something you said, right? Spending a resource is never a goal. So spending time with the wife, that's not a goal. The goal should be, Hey, you know what? I want to deepen my relationship with my wife and, and my objective to achieve that goal is I want to identify a hobby that we can do together and take it up together or identify some experiences that we can share, like some travel. And we're going to allocate this much money and time to travel this year. But the goal should be, so think about like, in a project, you have goals, which is you achieve something like a deeper connection with your wife, and then you have objectives to reach that goal. So as Susan and I talked, and we're like, you know, we should really have goals in our marriage. What are our marriage goals? And I'm not going to share all of them for obvious reasons, but one of them I will share is we want to have the fiscal freedom when Margot has a career and she needs to move wherever in the country she needs to move to have her career, we would like to be able to follow her. So that if she has kids, when she has kids, we can help her take care of them. We want to be able to follow her around in her adulthood. So we want to achieve that level of financial freedom. That's a specific goal. That's a long-term goal. And then we have objectives for getting there and and managing our money and time. I love that. That makes perfect sense. So it's not a matter of, say, time is a resource. So in my mind, time is the goal. 
but really time is a resource that I need to manage toward getting to that goal. Yes. So I need to reframe how I am thinking about this entirely based, based on what you're saying. Yeah. What, what is your goal irrespective of the resources you're going to spend against it? And then once you know what that goal is, okay, now what time and money and really isn't money another version of time, what time are you willing to spend to, to get to that goal? Bingo. I love that. Drop the mic. Dusty's just done. <laughs> We're done with the podcast. So, but, so well, that's, and if you do, so think about a project like at work, right? How joyful is it to work on a project where the person who owns it, the sponsor, is like, okay, here's what we're trying to accomplish, and here are the objectives, and here's here's some really good scope, and you have, and boom, a lot of time management about what meetings I should and should not attend, half of that, a good half of it, 50%, falls into place from good scope and objectives, but there's still a whole lot of podcasts left on the other half. Once you know what your goals are, then how do you manage your time? I think because kind of, I think we get caught up in, even in projects, but certainly in life, multitasking, trying to manage multiple things towards that goal at any given point that aren't, that could be actually counterproductive. So in, in managing your time, I think coming up with those goals is, is an important thing that we need to, to talk about. And there are things that you have to deal with that don't necessarily equate to a goal, but maybe they do. Um, so for example is, I mean, you got to balance that with your career goals. So, and there are dependencies and risks that you have to account for. Do you not? So like a dependency on being financially stable might depend on landing a certain job or should, or you probably should figure that out based on your current, you know, uh, role or your current, uh, constraints. And then anything over and above that is just like value add. Or I guess what I'm saying is trying to figure out what your goals are, not only personally, professionally, um, all of these pillars that you have to aim toward and then balance everything between. Yeah, it's all a balancing act, right? Yeah. Like I, I hate that that advice, live like there's no tomorrow. Okay, that's that's probably pretty dumb because – a lot of people will make it to retirement age, and if you spent your whole life living with there's no tomorrow, you probably lived a pretty self-indulgent, probably not terribly fulfilling life. But if you live like there is a tomorrow and you're trying to invest in where you want to be on that tomorrow, that's when you do awesome stuff. Like, I, Let's talk about Charles Darwin for a minute. Not evolution, forget that. But here's a man who didn't have to work. He's raised in a fairly rich family. He doesn't have to have a career. Did he spend his time chilling around his house, having dinner parties? No. The dude got on ships as, as there used to be a position back in the day. It's beautifully portrayed in Master and Commander where the captain couldn't have friends on the crew. So dudes could come on actual British naval vessels as the captain's friend. And their their job is to have dinner with the captain and all that. Um, so the captain has some companionship on these long trips. But then that person... There was this real rush amongst amongst British scientists, biologists, to categorize lots of animals and discover species and get your name on species. And that's what Darwin did. And, and that story, even more so than, than evolution and, and understanding how life works and all that, that story about Darwin's always made me really hopeful about humanity as a species because common wisdom says if you give someone a million dollars and tell them they don't have to work, they're going to become a couch potato and watch TV all day. Darwin's entire life story flies in the face of that. And here's a guy who specialized in something. He wanted to figure out this one thing. He had this one goal. 
and he pursued that relentlessly. How did he come to the goal? I don't know. So, I mean, I guess I, I, Persistence. Totally, I totally agree with that. So I, I, I think, Wendy, you and I have had the conversation before. I know that I've had it at work, and I heard somebody having it a couple of days ago. If I won the lottery, what would I do? I would continue to work. Me too. I mean, I would figure out something to pour myself into. I don't think my goals, personal goals, would change because I think I would still stick to this, maybe. Um, maybe not, but I, I think that I would. Uh, my constraints would change at that point. But I don't know. When it comes to identifying what I value and what I want to put my time into, obviously my marriage is one of them. Um, and there's going to have to be trade-offs. So if it turns out that I can't manage the amount of time that I need to put into, if I need, if I have goals and the constraints that I have tied to those goals, specifically around time, um, conflict with a goal that I have with, say, the podcast. I need to prioritize which goal is more important. It's going to be the marriage. And I need to alter the goal that I have with the podcast and maybe change the scope or change the timeline that I'm working on. It sounds very dry and mechanical, but I think realistically that I think that's what you have to do. I think what you'll find when you look at your goals is that you do a lot of stuff for things that aren't even your goals. Agree. But that's so just on the other side of it, if that's part of your being like, I want to have good friendships or friends and family are important to me. Now, how you use your time to support your goals to spend time with them is one thing. But if you're a person who tends to put yourself before others, like that's just a trap you got to learn to get out of as far as accomplishing that goal without it of having friends and maintaining relationships and everything, but that that doesn't then become the the thing you pursue to the point of not being able to accomplish other goals. So that can be very challenging as a person who is just always about wanting to help other people or make other people happy. That balancing act becomes pretty, pretty tough sometimes, but then that's just a personal thing you have to accept, put a priority around or find a different way to manifest your goal through that time spent with those individuals. Yeah. So I think at this point we probably we should probably just start talking about some of the the tools that we have at our disposal to manage our time because I think uh, as a listener I would want to know more about like how can you improve um the utilization of time that you have and times the constraint that we're talking about. For me personally a lot of the stuff that I do is digital in nature so I try to find things that this is something Dusty has preached as long as I've known him, which is to automate the work that I do. I try to automate as much as possible. And fortunately, because a lot of what I do here, like I said, is digital, that's possible. But there's instances where I can't do that. So one thing that um, things that aren't digital, I've come up with like a board that I have back here. It's a Kanban board where I put things that I want to do. And I haven't really touched it much in the last week, but I put things I want to do and I, I categorize it whether or not I'm working on it or it needs to be done, and then I color code it based on to what it is. And then I try to apply my time to that to get that done. But Kim, I've really told Kim that we really need like a Kanban board or a to-do list or something that we manage. And she's not been very crazy about that. But I think she we are putting up a, a whiteboard in the kitchen to where we can like visually track some of the stuff that we need to do, whether it's vacation uh, whether it is financial as far as like coming up with something, whether it's planning out like Christmas activities and 
things like that. I always try to look for ways that I can create some sort of visual dashboard that is visible to me and other people as a way to track it. Cause I think when there's visibility to something, there's accountability to it. I agree with that. I think you've got to have some kind of system, whether it's digital or not. Sometimes I wonder, and I think that's personal preference of if digital, there are many digital ways to track goals, spending your time, however it is. But I also think there's so many of those and you one of the arguments could be is those digital things also occupy time. Um, so is there even means like you simply said a whiteboard or some other um, like just a basic calendar or whatever it is that helps you stay on track, keep organized and plan towards those, those goals, but they're posted, they're visual, you're working towards them. And I think um, depending on your personality type, the digital things that are available are, are amazing. But also once you step into that digital land, sometimes that's also where you're like, oh, well, why I'm on here, I'm going to look at Facebook or, oh, why I'm looking at this. So that just takes discipline. But I think you do have to find a system and you do have to consistently use it and push towards that, using it towards the goal. And if it's not helping you get there, then find a different way. But I do, I'm, I have a whiteboard too where I track everybody's birthdays and all the other things I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to reinstate that whiteboard process myself. So it's funny you bring that up. So I'm pretty tethered to my phone and baby boomers would try to tell you that's a terrible thing, but I don't think that it is. It's, it's a good all purpose computing device, communication device that you keep at your side. But there are apps you can install on your phone that track how much time you spend in, in the various apps on your phone how much time you're spending on Facebook and Reddit and whatever. So install one of those and, and take a look at how cause that's a good guide in how you're spending a lot of your time. And for me, I discovered this is just a real basic trick. I had read a lot of articles about how social media makes people depressed. I uninstalled Facebook. I uninstalled Instagram. I uninstalled Reddit. And I don't see my sister's kid. I don't see this cute post on Facebook anymore. But I don't really miss them. I see my I see my niece in person. Yeah, and it's rich and it's wonderful. And man, uninstalling social media from my phone has reintroduced so much time back into my life. That was a real simple thing. It was a real simple realization that hey, I'm spending a lot of time on this that puts money in Mark Zuckerberg's pocket. It's yeah. not benefiting and, me at all. And so. I think that's a great point. I think if people can do that, like it frees up so much time. And there are, like you said, there are apps that track your time. Heck, even Microsoft now and Outlook, it'll send you a weekly analytics of like how many meetings you're sitting in versus how long you spent on email. Like I got one of those the other week and I'm wow, like, what I is didn't know this? That. Oh, yeah. Like in my new job, like all of a sudden I get these weekly analytics of how much time I spent in a meeting, how active I was actually in my email versus other tools on my computer. That's Office 365, right? Correct. And it was, I was like, oh, well, so I was pretty productive that day in email or whatever, however you want to use that to scale what you feel is productive to your work week. But those things, definitely, it was like, oh, I am in meetings way too much and no wonder I have this many emails or it, which is the time true complaint but to to dusty's point it's digitally you have to have something that doesn't then attract you to the other things that are a time suck <laughs> i uh so I, based on dust what dusty did i uninstalled facebook from my phone mm -hmm. and i use facebook so much less i don't use instagram as a social media 
um, vehicle itself for me, what I typically do is um, I post to it, and then I have software that cross-posts things to Twitter and Facebook. So oftentimes I'll have something on Facebook that, you know, that, that I'll have posted that I don't even have Facebook on my phone because it just goes through Instagram. But I don't, as a practice, look through my Instagram feed. But what I've done, and I hate myself for it, is I look at Twitter a lot more. Um, so uh, not as much as I did Twitter and Facebook together, but I do look at Twitter more. And I get way less value from Twitter than anything else. So I probably should so, go ahead and uninstall that, too. So both of you, I know the answer, I think, for the Kilby household, but I don't for the Cambridge household. Is there a uh, the rule of no phone time or no. anything like that in either nope. of your homes, nope. especially with kids around? Actually, yes, but we call it no screen time. Yes. No phone, no TV, no tablet, no nothing. And uh, I've, I've heard great results from that. Oh, like, yeah. I have family members who do that, too, and they're like, it's awesome. So we see it most in our – so we have a five-year-old. When <laughs> she gets screen time, she turns into a different person, a completely different person. She uh, she gets really demanding and entitled and, and fierce and fighty, and, and, and it just it's just bad. And mm-hmm. took a step back, and I was like, wait a minute. I kind of get that way, too. I'll get sucked into a book on my phone, like my Kindle app, and if mm-hmm. my daughter wants to talk to me, I'll get a little snappy, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. In the scheme of things, this book doesn't matter. My daughter does. Yep. So, yeah, screen time is something that we that we monitor because it does impact behavior. Uh, well, it's most I obvious think- in children's, but in me too. And then I think it teaches to just time management right there. Like, again, what is the valuable time? You know, you can go without this thing that you just sit there and it consumes time when I could be doing having a conversation with my parents or learning something new or doing, you know, doing something else. And I think that's, that's an interesting concept that a lot of but it doesn't have to even apply to families like to, to you guys' point, take it off and, and move on. But um, I'm trying to think of some other like resources for time management. Um, what do you think about just having a, I mean, Dusty kind of alluded to it before, but trying to stick to a, a routine of sorts. So, on a time scale through the day, even to feel more productive so that you free up time for the goals. At work, I live by my calendar. Um, I. But do you control everything, right? Other people control that. You're exactly I'm saying right. having routine within the things you can control yeah. X percent but, of the day. But that's what I'm trying to say. So okay. I, I live by my calendar. So I try to um, also, when I can, put things on there like tasks or block my time so that I know that this is the time that I have to do um, whatever. And I try to prioritize that time to that activity. Uh, I'm not as effective doing that outside of work as I am inside of work, but I feel, I feel crippled if I don't have my calendar to look at. Like, so I don't, I always install work email on my phone just so that I can have my calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, don't get the same same bang for my buck as I do with uh, personal life as I do with uh, professional. So I don't really have something that I specifically use. I have some task management systems that I use to track things and I will send myself tasks in email. And I found myself on the way to work a couple of days ago. Um, again, one of the reasons that I'm, this is so uh, top of mind for me is like that drive is like anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half every morning. I found that I set myself six to do's on the way to work in my email. Um, 
And I don't have a real good way of tracking and prioritizing that stuff. Wish I did. I, that's, I think for me, that's the, that's the thing where I, at work even, I can feel like I can occupy that eight to 10 hours a day pretty well. But it's then the thought, I guess, in your brain of having then to shift to the personal calendar. And then there's a whole nother set because the power that the work calendar occupies in your brain, even after you leave it. (laughs) So that's just, again, another balancing act. But I do think that having a to-do list or at least a portion of one so that you have some freedom and flexibility, but having and blocking that time off intentionally, but standing behind the no, you can't have that time is the other part of the piece of what, when is it okay? Or how do you balance the letting certain people or things override what you would like to do with that time versus saying, you know, no, I'm standing by this. Like, do you guys have trouble with that? I have trouble with that. Not since coming up with the goals. Okay. Even the transition from work to personal. And and you mentioned how it's easy to let your personal get consumed with some of your work life. Mm -hmm. For me, that happened because at work I had clear goals. Yeah. But at home I didn't. So when I was home, I felt almost unproductive. Well, it's easy to, it's easier to make that transition now that I have personal goals and I can feel productive against those. And I, and I feel a better work life balance mentally. I walk out of the office and it's like, okay, time to work on personal goals now. I've given my professional goals more than enough time this week, but there are these personal things that I need to go accomplish. So how, how long have you been doing, have you been practicing this, Dusty? Like consistently? About six months. And, and, okay, and, ever since. Yeah, and I'm probably talking it up more than we are achieving it. But, but you're of, working on it regardless. But like, we're that's working on battle. it, and it's conscious. And, and I don't mean to keep plugging the podcast. I'm real, I really don't. But that podcast with Brian is one of the things where I told Susan I, I, I need to spend time on something creative outside of work. Mm-hmm. I love spending time with Margot and, and, and Susan, well, my daughter and my wife, but – Spending time and not producing anything wigs me out. Having this thing that I produce and I do show notes for and I post about gives me a lot of creative fulfillment. Even if it doesn't get popular, I feel really creatively fulfilled by Which doing then this. Which frees up and makes yeah. you productive in other parts. Absolutely. And it, and it makes me feel more like, okay, if I spend unproductive time, unproductive, you know, <laughs> bonding with Margot, recognizing that bonding is the goal, even though there's no deliverable. Because I've done this creative thing, I'm zen about it. That's awesome. Yeah, I like I, that. I would challenge you two to ha- have a show, not have me on it, but have goals be a topic of your show and come up with what are some personal goals that you've thought of that you're, that you're willing to share? Because I wouldn't be willing to share all of ours. It feels like we've just been tasked, but I think there's some good tasks. I love that idea. Dusty just schooled us. Like Dusty I feel just very, us. I just feel very insufficient as a podcast person now. <laughs> I, I feel insufficient as a person, not as a podcast person. <laughs> no, Dude, I, Brian, I thought you had to handle better this than I did because you, you, all your podcasts and the BotCon stuff that you do. and So here's the thing. I always – so, uh, okay, going back to something that we record, you and I recorded today. Uh, what is it? The imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. So, you're, you're good at something, but because you're good at it, you recognize the minor failures more than most. Yeah, I think so. I think that's very – I think that's probably the case. Yeah, you, when, I, when I talk to Susan – no joke, not blowing smoke here. You were a model person I talked about as someone who achieves things in his personal life. And I told her I, I wanted that feeling. But I'll throw myself under the bus here, too, and say I'm not perfect at it. 
one of the big goals I talked about six months ago with her, and I mentioned this to you because I wanted to write a book. Yeah. And I wanted to set aside time to, to, to write a book. And whether it was successful or not, I wanted to put a book out, an ebook on Kindle. Well, I haven't made that time. That's a goal that I've failed to achieve. So I, and something else you and I were talking about, NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month, I think is coming up. Um, I mean, that might be a good opportunity to do it. I mean, there are resources out there to help people try to figure out and track time and, and all these things. It's a big deal, and a lot of books are written during that period. I'll tell you another good time management trick that I do, Google stuff. Like when I need to sit down and do something, oh, my gosh, Google it. How much time do you waste trying to figure something out? Oh, yeah, you do that. Totally just Google it. I've had to make myself do it more, and I've transitioned from from reading instructional guides to watching YouTube videos. YouTube videos, that's the number one way that I learn how to do most anything at this point. I have to make myself do it, though. Like, I want to do something in the backyard. Like, oh, I need to fertilize the lawn. And it's so easy for me to just go buy fertilizer with no idea what I'm trying to do. And a five-minute YouTube video makes all the difference in what I buy, how I apply, and and, and I feel like I know what I'm doing. You could, do, like, in a field, I, I guarantee you most most anything, you could develop over time a master's level understanding of just about anything just through YouTube. <laughs> no joke. I'm serious. I, I, I believe it. Yeah, I'm serious. Well, at, at work, when I had to figure out chart of accounts, I watched videos on chart of accounts, and then all of a sudden I'm in these meetings of finance, and I sound like I know what I'm talking about. And, and I kind of did. Thanks to these videos, I, I knew what questions to ask. Mm-hmm. That's the secret. Sorry, I think I think Wendy was trying to close out the podcast, and I totally stopped that. No, you didn't. I wasn't trying to close it out at all. I was. I'm just Let's listening. Get I'm time, learning. Wendy. I'm learning. I'm learning. I I have I have lack of contribution here. Now I'm all fired up about how unproductive and unaccomplished I am with you two people. Thanks so here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> we, we, before you moved, I was shocked by how much time you spent. When it came to, and I, I mean, this time isn't the right way of putting it. Yeah. How much business you had when it came to uh, the dog sitting. And yes. that was like one of the first things that you and I talked about when um, I first started working for you, you were looking to build like a website potentially yeah. about around it because it was a major deal for you. It was a, it was a, it was a pretty major. Yeah. It was re- literally a decision point of, does this become something that I push to create to leave corporate america at that point or or not and so what are the things i have to put in place to drive drive more business to up the revenue enough to say it's worth I mean, you how, know keeping on top of and like in the area we live i mean you know there, there's there's a lot of money here and yeah. how many other how many other pet sitters could say that they're you know like a fortune 40 business director uh, you know, how much faith would you have in somebody who's who who had those credentials as a pet sitter? I would obviously jump to that person first. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like those people that I, unless they were people that I worked with at the office, um, most people that I watched their pets didn't know what I did for a living. They just knew I had a full time job. And then later, as they got to know me more, they were like, "Holy mackerel, you you had like a real career, and you continued to pet sit." And you didn't really have to, but you did. You know, like, I mean, a lot of them, even to the very end, right before I left, they're like, I had no idea what your actual job was. Like, you were a busy person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I was but always, I, I was, doing it. I was always impressed by that. Well, I appreciate that. And I don't know. I think my time management, that was the other thing, I think, on that, getting up and having a routine. When you have, because I had a purpose, like, even if I 
growing up, Dusty can contest. You live on a farm. You have responsibilities. You have to get up. You have to take care of the animals before you take care of yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have two uh, former farmers here. Yeah. yeah. You, you, that thing has left the building a little bit for Wendy, other than the purpose of getting up and going to work. So I don't have to get up super early because I need to take care of six dogs before I get to the office. Like That's the thing I have to find that routine back as long as there was always something that needed me before my day started kind of thing. I, I got to fill that void. I think that's why the pet sitting thing was pretty fulfilling too, is there was always something else that, you know, there was a purpose that drove the time can like time management and the pushing things and doing things and all of that. So, uh, and running did that for me too. I need, you know, I've started to do that a little bit more too, but it's like, there's a purpose. I'm trying to accomplish something, whether it's taking care of something or whatever. So I've got to reestablish all of that. <laughs> so real quick, um, before we close out, I do want to give a quick update on something. And this is more talk that we have at the beginning of the show when we talk about random stuff. Yes. But you mentioned the pets and the dogs, and I know some of the listeners actually like hearing the stories about Charlie and Chester. Yes, they broke CNC. out. They broke out of the uh, the fence yesterday, or day before yesterday. Again? Uh, well, yeah. Well, the this time, yeah, this time, yeah, they actually got into the neighbor's yard and destroyed their potted plants, and I think they actually broke a window in the in the neighbor's basement. What? Yeah. What is wrong? those boys they are uh yeah they're persistent um so uh yeah so they are currently locked up again which they actually love being created i just do not get it i don't understand why they love being created so much so this is actually hardly a punishment but here here i can marry these two things together so dusty can cut his teeth by starting a children's book or novel about the adventures of charlie and chester and then it Love will, it. like, get him in the routine to then go after his, like, writing an actual book. Like, let's just do this. It only has to be, like, ten pages. Dusty's also an artist. He could actually uh, illustrate and draw and uh, write it. Adventures of Charlie and Chester. Well, right now the my goal is, is is Mace. So let me get beyond Mace. and I'll Which is a gaming convention coming up in November. Yeah, and I'll, I'll oh, entertain what is, some of their goals. What is Mace? It's, uh, is this, like, D&D, D&D yes, Dice? the Mid-Atlantic Convention Expo. Actually, since, uh, honestly, a lot of our listeners are in this area... Uh, Dusty, yes. why don't you tell us about Mace real quick, which is coming up here in a month? Yeah, it's the Mid-Atlantic Convention Expo. It's, it's, it's the, it used to be the largest game con on the East Coast. Uh, it's hosted right here in, in beautiful Charlotte at the, what is it called, Brian, the Hilton University Place? Yeah, something like that. So, uh, if you can look it up on justusproductions.com. We're not affiliated with them in any way, but I am hosting two games at Mace. So right now, I'm spending a lot of my time and energy outside of work getting ready for that because, that's a creative and fulfilling thing. It's not monetizable, but it's creative and fulfilling, and I love it. So that's where that's my personal goal right now is to run two re- really good games at Mace. And that's just us, not just this. Yes, just us. Just us productions. Productions.com. November 10th, 11th, and 12th. And creatively, one thing I'm working on right now is I'm working on another Christmas album. Yes, I heard this. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So this one will be uh, only this will be a much shorter album, like five, uh, like uh, five tracks. Uh, but um, on top of all the other podcast stuff I do, I am working on that. Then after that, who knows? I'm not doing anything creative, but I uh, started this mindful challenge, which well, it's like a mindfulness challenge week one per week for like a year. Um, so a to unlock some creativity blockage, I think I've had. Um, so this week was uh, trying to use your non-dominant hand. 
Yeah, I tried to color I, in a coloring book with my left hand. I do that all the time. Not I try, great. I was actually earlier today trying to tighten a tighten like a screw with uh, my non dominant hand. Yeah, so I haven't. I'm not. I need to find something creative. I used to be really creative as a child. I did all sorts of stuff, and all of a sudden that bug has gone away. So um, I've got to work on. Now you guys got me going. Like God, I got to get my goals list going. I have them in my head. I just need to like put a plan around them. So I challenge you not only to come up with your goals, but to decide which one's your priority. And the yeah. funny thing about the word priority and the root word, there can only be one. Yeah. Priority comes from premise one. So at work, your bosses would love to tell you that you have multiple priorities, but that that can never be true. So come up with your goals, and then which one is your is your one priority? Ooh, yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Okay, it'll be tough. <laughs> All right, so we will have to. We've talked about doing a podcast about that, Kilby. So it's no longer getting pushed off. That will have to be in like the next couple let's, episodes. Let's have a lighter topic next week, and then okay. we'll revisit the the goals subject. The week okay. after. Thank okay, you guys for having me on the show, by the way. Thank you for being uh, here. In, in, in all genuineness, I am a fan of the show. So, Wendy, I, I love the episode where you went to the port convention. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad you need to come back and join us on another topic, too, Dusty. Like, this was awesome. I loved hearing your voice. I haven't seen you in a long time. So, it's been great having you. We appreciate it. Hey, Dusty, tell us about uh, the other podcast we do, RPG Lessons Learned. <laughs> um, if you listen to this, If you're listening to this podcast... And you also play any tabletop role-playing games. Or you are interested in doing so. Or you're interested in Do doing so. Do dice. Yes. Do we dice. have a podcast called RPG Lessons Learned. And the concept of the show is, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there that talk about RPGs where you can listen to actual plays, you can listen to people play, you can listen to advice. But I found the advice is pretty generic. On RPG Lessons Learned, we talk about our actual sessions and actual lessons we took away from those. So it makes the advice, quote-unquote, that you hear much more actionable because you're hearing exactly how things played out at the table and it makes it much easier for you to apply in your game. So our tagline is you can learn from our experience. There you go. It's awesome. Listen, listen to Dusty and Brian. I've only listened to one of those, but it's pretty interesting all because Dusty has a really great radio voice as does Kilby. He does have a great radio voice. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Dusty. It was good seeing you too, Brian. Good seeing you, Wendy. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. This was How Was Your Weekend with Wendy and Brian. Please subscribe at our website, How Was Slash Your Weekend. That's H O W W dot A S slash Your Weekend. Please leave a review and tell a friend.